This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast episode 258 brought to you by Mid-OhioCon, discount comic book service, and iFanboy listeners like you. Hey, Tom, it's Bob from the office down the hall. It's good to see you, buddy. How have you been? Things have been okay for me, except that I'm a zombie now. I really wish you'd let us in. I speak for all of us when I say I understand why you folks might hesitate to submit. 
and welcome to the Fanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 258. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Ah! And Ron Richards. You returned to us. I'm back. Yay. How are you? What did you guys do while I was gone? Evie. I mean, well, she's on the show. <laughs> I didn't do it. She's married. So be respectful. You already blew uh, that. <laughs> at ifanboy.com, we like comics. We read comics every week. We read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best one. They write about it on the website. We talk about it on the podcast, along with other books of the week, other topics of interest, all kinds of fun little things that happen. It's exciting. It's a fun little time we have here. Sometimes on the show. stuff just happens. It's very, it's very humorous. <laughs> Sometimes and, and inappropriate. <laughs> Did you guys know that this show is incredibly scripted? Everything <laughs> to, to the law. Exactly. We never yeah. miss it's a like line. a Coen Brothers script. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Or> mammoth. <laughs> right now Before I'm reading. <laughs> There's like even those laws in there. When we talk at the same time, that's that's in there. Crosstalk, it says. Yeah, bitch, is right. <laughs> Before we get to the show, quick reminder and a warning: this is a review show, so we talk about the books of the week. There might be spoilers if there are, and you don't want to be spoiled. Pause it. Come back after you've read your books. It'll be more fun for you and everybody. We won't have to hear complaints, even though we still do sometimes. Do we really? I haven't heard a complaint in a while. We get we get variations on the complaint. Yeah. How come you can spoil the one thing but not the other? All right. Yeah. Ron. Yes. It's a big week. You had to pick. It wasn't a big week. I had 18 books. It was an average week for me. Uh, although you apparently you bought everything that came out, which I don't I know how you did. I bought different comic companies, Ron. I so do I. I had 18 books. That's no slouch. It's no, you know, but it wasn't like, you know, you would like, th- what would you have, like 30? I had like 27. I, that's I insane. That's, in, that's more comics than any man needs in a week. Plus half of last week's books, which I had to read also. Oh, well, did that's, you that's like, your own fault. That's your own Did fault. you like most of them? It was a great week. Okay. It was an all right week. I had a fantastic week. I was giving out fives like candy. Well, too bad you didn't have the pick. It's my time. My time. Oh, we're infringing on Ron's talk time, Josh. That's a a lot of lap dances, all I'm saying. Where's the mute button on this microphone? (laughs) So so I don't know. I mean, it wasn't a great week, but it was an okay week. There was some good stuff. Um, But it was funny how we we often talk about the process of reading our books and picking the pick of the week and how you'll read one and you won't quite be sure. You'll have a couple that you might think might be the pick or one sneaks up from the bottom of the pile and surprises you or whatever. This week it happened to be Fantastic Four was like the I want to say like the fifth or sixth book I read in my stack, it's, which is uh, for those not not keeping track at home. I read the ones I'm most excited about first, down to the ones I'm least excited about. So you know, so I read Uncanny and Avengers and Ultimate Spider-Man stuff like that, and they're they're all good. I finished Fantastic Four number five eighty four and put it down. I'm like, that's the pick of the week. And I literally did that on my couch. I put it down. I pointed at it. And I said, that's the pick of the week. <laughs> and, and he yelled. He yelled. Boom! Yeah, exactly. No, no like, one yes, um, alone, big, yeah. alone in my apartment. Nobody cares. But so, <laughs> oh, and I read, the, I read the rest of my books, and I was, you know, I kept an open mind towards, you know, maybe one could top it or whatever. But by, by the time I got through all my eight, all eighteen of my comics, I went back to Fantastic Four. I'm like, you know, it really doesn't get any better than this when it comes to the Fantastic Four. And I, it might be, you know, could be described as hyperbole or whatever, but in my review, I said it, I'll say it again here, this might be as close to a perfect Fantastic Four issue as it comes. So it's a single issue, you know, in terms of telling a story and getting the essence of the Fantastic Four, mainly Ben Grimm. This is mainly a Ben Grimm issue, although other stuff happened, but Hickman distilled it down to what makes the thing tick. And, and and it's not the first time we've seen the story. I mean, the 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 on the cover you see the rocky like exterior breaking away, and you see human Ben Grimm, and that tells what's going on in the story, which is um, Ben Grimm decides to drink the uh, the potion or the the formula that that sounds much more scientific. Potion sounds magic. Uh, <laughs> the magics. You guys still on the on the call here? 
<laughs> yeah, we were waiting for you to say something funny. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were. <laughs> this is your time, Ron. Your time. <laughs> so really what happens is if you say something very funny, then we will spontaneously laugh out loud. Okay. Uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> so he decides to drink the formula. He decides to drink. <laughs> <laughs> he decides to drink the formula which allows him to revert to human form but for one week and he only do it once a year and he decides to do it now and so he does it he reverts back to human ben Grimm, and then um him and johnny uh, storm decide to go out and have a night on the town in new york and do all the things that he can't do at when he's the thing so they just walk down the street with nobody looking at him they go to the giants game the football giants not the baseball giants which, by the way, I guess to the Fantastic Four is looking at the time, like 11.45, they're walking right in Midtown. And 1.15, they're at the Giants game at the Meadowlands. That's I guess weird. he flew them there. Yeah, I guess the Fantastic Car, I guess. But they, but they were trying to be normal Joes. But anyway, so. But <laughs> then 5.45, they go have an uh, early dinner with old friends, which is a nice little nod. Steve Epting, Drew, and Stan, and Jack, who they're having dinner with, which is kind of neat, which is kind of creepy because Jack's dead. But, um, but it was nice. Um, so Stan, right? Yeah, it's Stan. And then no, Stan's dead too, right? Yeah. Um, then eight thirty, he goes to go to the superhero poker game. Which this is the only thing I wondered: can he do that as the thing anyway? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Just, just did, I believe he does it, it as a thing. In slots thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's like I was like that was the only thing. I'm like, is that the thing he can't do? Because he's the thing. No, I think that's the one it's, thing he can do. It's kind of like going to see a shitty kids movie on the day that you don't have your kid. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. But anyway, can he raucously of... laugh like he is in that it's, panel? It's worth it for Nick Fu- Nick Fury holding a card up to his forehead and laughing. <laughs> Everyone else I can buy it from Nick Fury. I was like, Nick Fury, really? <laughs> what are they laughing about? I don't know. Dude's got to cut loose. Um, but so yeah, and so then you know they they go on they get they they meet up with the modern day Yancey Street Gang, which is uh, laid off stockbrokers and hedge fund managers. Which I thought I was, thought that was very funny. That was yeah. very funny. And they get into a street fight there, and then finally it, it, it ends with um, Johnny making the decision for Ben and driving him over to Alicia Masters' apartment and Ben going up and seeing Alicia and, and them having a nice touching moment. And it was just like totally caught up my heartstrings. And, and the thing about the thing is – and it's not, uh, it's not easy to say that. Uh, the thing about Ben Grimm is that he's the tragic face of the Fantastic Four. He's through, through the, what happened to them and them getting their powers. He's the one where it's affected ex- externally, and his life was the most changed by it all, but also has the biggest heart of the team. And, you, and he, he's the heart of the team that you root for and that you hope things can go his way. And, and any time it does, it's just so much fun to see. And so like I totally enjoyed that. But then at the same time, you know, this is the, I mean, which is interesting. This is the second issue of the three, four issue story arc, you know, so they were like halfway through and I still don't know what's going on, you know, and uh, Hickman is quietly laying the groundwork of, you know, we have Susan going off to visit uh, the, the X-Men on Utopia to do something for Namor in terms of, you know, um, yeah. a, a meeting between old and new Atlantis, which was, you know, anytime you put Sue and Namor, there's sparks going to fly. And then ultimately it ends with Reed on the roof of the Baxter building, looking at some telescope, and the Silver Surfer coming up, uh, shows up, looking for some answers about that dead Galactus from Miller's run. And I love that Hickman isn't ignoring that all that stuff happened. And then I also love the way he wrote reed and silver surfer talking like just how reed calls him hello norin like calls him by norin like nobody calls him norin you know like that was nice and then it ends with you know the fact that silver surfer's there on behalf of galactus who oh galactus is here too and it was just when i finished reading it i was like that's what's the fantastic four that's what i like about him you're right it's a pretty perfect single issue fantastic four book yeah and you're not even talking about the fact that Steve Epting is fantastic. Well, and, and and this is a, a preview of conversation later to come. But man, like Epting 
nailed it and in a way where like if you told like if I had if you didn't tell me this is Epting and then I read it and then you said oh that's the guy who did Captain America I wouldn't like it it's not he's not doing the exact same thing that he did on Captain America right like it's subtly different it's a little more I don't know what it is in an art style and, and maybe a lot has to do with the coloring and the inking and that sort of thing but it's not exactly in fact like it looks some of the stuff looks more reminiscent reminiscent of Hitch and Eaglesham before him like it's consistent with the look of the Fantastic Four over the past couple of years it's not as dark and shadow heavy as Captain America was yeah. in general yeah or retro it's really a lot yeah. of the color that's yeah. a lot of the coloring um yeah this is fantastic this is a really good issue this was really good I I mean almost everything about it I loved the, I loved all the different plot lines, they all had their own strengths, and I like the fact that the X-Men showed up. I like the fact that Galactus and Silver Surfer were the cliffhanger. I loved the street fight. I love the Ben Grimm stuff. Ben, who doesn't like Ben Grimm? Ben Grimm is ben the Grimm's tragic the character of the Marvel Universe, and everybody loves him. Yep. And, 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 and You always want to root for him. If good stuff happens to him, you always feel good about it. And the fact that he got some time with Alicia, and he's, you know, and this is great. It's the first night. Like, what's going to happen the rest of the week? I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but I just like the, the pacing of the story. I like the, you know, when the, the, the Hickman, I, I, this, is a, this is a real high point for him writing on Fantastic Four because I feel as if he got the characterization between Ben and Johnny down to the point where, you know, when, when all the rocks fall off and Johnny plays the joke and it acts as, oh, no, it's much worse, you know? Like, <laughs> you know, like he totally got the, the character interactions and, and it, was just, it was just a great little character piece on Ben Grimm. Also while inching whatever story that he's got going on, which I have no answers for and no clue what's going on, and I'm mm-hmm. absolutely riveted and I can't wait for the next issue. So. There's a lot of people that complain about Hickman not writing story just sort of giving plot outlines but yep. this is pure story and character this is yep. you know this is not there's no high concepts here it's just t- t- interactions between ben and johnny between sue and namor between reed and silver surfer but this is all this is all people interacting and, 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 it, t- all, and it touched on everything that makes the fantastic four special in my yeah. mind you know i mean mm-hmm. it, it you know it and and admittedly little glimpses i mean barely anything with sue and namor and barely anything with galactus and silver surfer but man can you wait for the next issue no, you know? it's yeah. really, really good. Yeah, exactly. And that Alan Davis cover, awesome. Yeah, yeah. This is the year it, of Alan it, Davis. Yeah, I don't know. I loved it, so it was great. So I was glad to. Uh, it, I was glad to read it. I was glad to enjoy it. And then no other book, kind of, for, in my mind, came close. And admittedly, it plays. It tugs at the heartstrings, tugs at the emotions, tugs to me as a Marvel fan because you know Avengers showed up, X Men showed up. Galactus showed up like it t- it touches on the fact that the Fantastic Four is the family of the Marvel universe, and when they're good, it's great. If I had been picking, it had been my week, I would have had a hard time selecting because one of the other great books of the week was also Ultimate Spider-Man 15. Agreed. Yes. New yeah. art by Sarah Pacelli, which was fantastic. Yeah, she's great. I mean, and, and so just to clarify, we've talked about it before. Everybody probably knows this, but La Fuente is still on the book and Pacelli comes in every couple of issues because so, La Fuente can't do a monthly year worth of bat. You know what I mean? So I think the, the average is going to be like nine or ten issues La Fuente and then one or two or three from Pacelli over a year, which I'm fine with. Like the two yes. of them trading off, and and because honestly, like the look is so consistent, you know. Well, it's different. I mean, you can tell that there's a different. You can tell it's a different artist, yeah. but it feels yeah. of a piece. Yeah. Of, of it feels feels uh, whole. I think that that right away, and you kind of don't notice this as you're reading it, which is good because it's kind of a gimmick. But the first half of the book is just basically the same panel repeated over and over. I love again. when Bendis does that. I love when uh, he, when they play with the format like that. And that and this that to me feels like. Um, we're gonna call it classic Bendis. Yeah, you know this is the Bend- like people think that Bendis is. It's become a joke that his his thing is when he writes the Avengers and it's just them just cracking at each other the whole time and that that's actually not what I think of as the the sort of 
gold classic standard of Bendis. It's this kind of thing much more often. Yep. Uh, and, got, and the thing about it too is like, and what we're, so the first half of the book is all the sequence of four four panels vertically across the page and even if you look at it there's a horizontal, horizontal right I'm sorry there's a there's a synchronicity of the even the the positioning of the faces mm-hmm. like cuz you know Peter's laying in his bed and the faces to the left and then the next scene he's laying in his other bed and faces to the left and then it goes to Mary Jane and she's leaning her in her hand in the cafeteria to 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 the left you know like it it stays consistent for the first half and then it flips when we get to Jameson mm-hmm. but it still it was it was it, I, I I got about halfway through that sequence and I was like oh yes I was hoping the whole issue was like this there's a bunch of things that were really good. I think that, um, for one thing, the whole uh, Gwen Stacy, she, like, she was holding it against him. And you're thinking at home, you're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. He didn't do anything. But they actually explained that and explained it in such a way that you were like, okay, you're right. That would that would be tough to take. You could understand where she's coming from. And then the other thing is the radical shift of of J. Jonah Jameson and his little speech to that emo Ben Urick. That was great. Yeah, you love emo yeah, Ben Urick, by the way. He's, don't go- you? he's actually goth Ben Urick. <laughs> Look at him. He's he's like the Sandman. <laughs> sad, sad face. So yeah. So this is the fallout from the chameleon. So they've captured the chameleon, and you know, and and it starts off with Carol Danvers giving Peter shit about being Spider Man and telling him to stop, and then you know Aunt May being supportive, and then Mary. I thought Mary Jane, the Mary Jane Gwen scene was great because those are two characters who are so, you know, because of the triangle, you know, and to see them, yeah. you know, interact was was really wonderful. And then you get to the Jameson stuff, and you realize that you know Jameson now knows Peter's identity, and you think, what's the first thing he's going to do? He's going to sell it to the world, but he doesn't want eighty, and says, no, we're not going to tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, which is great. It's nice because you don't want to just tell the same story that's going on in the regular Spider-Man yep. book. So if you you can make those diversions, then it's interesting. Which is funny because for a moment, and this is my own fault and my own, I was tired and whatever. But when he was in the hospital, I'm like, wouldn't they be more upset because the mayor got attacked? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh no, no, it's six one six. Okay, okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think I think that now that we have dealt, by the way, with Peter's hair, yes, uh, we, it's time to take a look at Iceman. <laughs> Dude, I had the same exact reaction. Oh my like, god! I said, you know, we, we've conquered the hair, and now it's going to conquer the do rag. Yeah, like can we move and, on? and also, I'm not so. I'm not. Listen, I, I don't know much about the kids today, but I don't <laughs> see either of those two characters rocking. I ride the, the subway. Tank top, the tank you top. The, the basketball jersey tank top look. Yeah, yeah. I don't. You know what? That's not those characters. I, I don't yeah. think. Oh, but the do. But really, more the do rag. Really, and this is not the artist's fault. <laughs> no, it's, no it's, it's, been, um, it's been this character for since the very beginning. Ten years. Of the, yeah, yeah. Yes. Ten years of wearing a do rag. That was a decade ago, you know. The gap switched over. <laughs> no one's, you know. I mean, I mean, is this is he supposed to have like an Eminem vibe? Because I don't think Eminem's doing that anymore. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I'm with so, you. I'm with you there. I support it. So. Otherwise, though, I, I mean, they. This is going to sound creepy. They 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 made Mary Jane look cute. <laughs> oh, don't watch watch where you go. Watch where you. But they no, but they like they did. I was like, oh, that's kind of. I mean, cooler than most kids are, yeah. are going to look, but uh, that's her thing. Yeah. Really nice. I just really nice timing. That sort of page of the house where uh, Gwen walks out. Yep. Good, great um, page. It's a great page because it's not only is it is it like the camera just moves. I mean, it doesn't move. No, at it doesn't all. move at all. Doesn't move at all. But it looks like it's slightly canted. It just looks slightly imperfect. Like the lines don't all line up. It is. Well, it's a, it's a little. It's a little slanted to the left, but it stays steady. I, and you just yeah. have the, the house with the closed door. Then the door opens. You see the silhouette. Then then she's walking a little closer. Then she, it's then even closer. It's like by making it imperfect like that, it just gave it a little something extra. I know it's like a tiny thing to harp on, but it's something I really noticed. Yeah, a little bit of tension. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. great. I mean, the, the the thing is, is that Ultimate Spider-Man, Bendis and the artist that he uses on that. They so often they do such little amazing things within the comic book medium that I think it goes unnoticed because it's Spider Man. 
I believe they're ultimate things, actually. Yeah. I don't want to get confused. <laughs> Peter Parker things. Ultimate comic book, Spider-Man, ultimate science. I thought he said they weren't doing that anymore. That's my favorite line from the entire thing we shot in New York City. He goes, ah, people aren't buying that. <laughs> yeah, no, now it's ultimate Spider-Man. That's what it is. It's, uh... <laughs> the cover doesn't say. Well, actually, yes, it does. The solicits still say ultimate comics. Ultimate whatever. comics, Spider-Man, ultimate time. Happy fun um, time. So, fun time. Now, so I know. We need to mix up the schedule. Oh, the okay. pick, pick of the weeks. I, I know. Okay. But I'm glad we didn't do it this week. Okay, good. <laughs> because, yes. and I know, listen, okay, I want this to be known. Uh, I know I get labeled as the Vertigo guy. And lately, you know what? I have been. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I, I went to the scalp and I was like, I, I, I don't care what happens in this book. I'm not talking about it. I have nothing else to say about it. But it's not going to be my pick of the week. It was the last thing I read. I must have like choked up three, four times during the course of reading this book. He, uh, that also, motherfucker I, with the beard just keeps breaking our heart over and over again. I, I, I didn't. Oh, man. I, okay, I didn't add this to the script, by the way. Connor, I did. did. It wasn't, yep. I, I left it off. But if you're going to, like after I finish, it's like, that's a pick of the week. Easy. Any day of the week. <laughs> Holy crud. He, he used a trick that he'd used before, but it didn't matter because it worked so damn well, where he had the two characters, Dash and, and uh, Carol, Carol, talking to each other, and they weren't saying anything, Kevin Arnold styled. And they were talking in their heads, but not actually yeah. verbalizing what they were Kevin thinking. Kevin Arnold style. <laughs> and then, then they went and did something I didn't see coming. Carol did. And I well, don't want to give it away. Cause yeah, the, thing is, the thing is, he used the device way back, and, then, and that was a pick of the week that first time, when, when they were in bed together that first time, and they were... Talking about how much they loved each other, but not verbalizing it. And this time, their their relationship is broken. It's over, and they're trying to. They meet on the road, and and they're both still in love with each other, but neither one will say it. And she's pregnant, but she won't tell him. And he's desperate to have her back, but he won't say anything. And he gives it a sort of half-hearted shot at the end, and she rejects him. And then, the whole time, I thought it was going to go another way. Like I thought he's he's setting us up here for some sort of glimmer of happiness, and then just no. He just takes the feet out from under everybody. Over and over. And not even really, that, not just them, but the father. There's that Dash's father had shown up, and he doesn't like his father, but he's sort of tolerating him. And you could see them maybe reconciling, and then then the FBI shows up and carts the father away before he can go meet Dash. And now Dash thinks his father abandoned him again. Mm-hmm. And the, and the, I mean, one of the main things you can see the change in Dash is that he's the end. The last page of the history is him sitting in front of his mother's grave. So, and he's and he's like the last time you saw that he was naked. He got. Like he was off his mind, and he had like frostbite from it. This time, he's actually just showing that he's cold, and he's sitting there thinking. And he's it's it's like a, it's an opposite of what how that other issue ended. And then the the one other thing that was great was the opening sequence was this sort of fantasy sequence about how good things could be if they could just you know if their lives were completely different. Yeah, if they had the courage to to do what they to say what they meant and right. to and to and to and make smash changes. cut to them strung out in heroin. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, God. Smash cut to them strung out here. And also, just this cover. Uh, we always, I don't ever talk about the jock covers on this, but this one's uh, a really nice one. Like that stubbed out cigarette, just, it just looks, it's not, doesn't look real, but it just says everything it needs to. Damn you, uh, Jason Aaron, your magnificent beard. Uh, you know, here's, here's, a, here's a secret. Uh, when I was interviewing him, Jason Aaron is actually really good about looking you in the eyes. <laughs> he's really he locks on. And yeah, like, yeah, he, he really is. But I, I could not, I could not stop looking at his beard when he was talking to me. Yeah, yeah. I'm just staring at it moving around his mouth. I was like, yes. <laughs> it's and it's hard because he think then he thinks you're not looking at him, and it gets awkward. I know. But yeah, but yeah. I, it's that. It's good it thing you weren't on camera. Oh. Oh. <laughs> no, it doesn't nope. read. So, no. I, what is with the like? I hate it when one writer has like every book he does come out in the same week. 
Bendis used to get that a lot. But yeah, no, and, and the thing is, I've heard writers like it. Like, I've heard of, of writers who, like, enjoy, like, you know, like, when, when all, th- you know, they're like, oh, it's my week, you know, but it's like, I, I would well, rather have it all spread out. That's my You've thought. only got a tweet once a week, then, or yeah. once a month. I know, yeah. I got two things to say about this issue, Captain America 611. I think you might disagree with one. I don't know yet. Okay. But one is I thought this was, story-wise, this was fantastic. I, I will agree with that. He keeps starting these arcs off great. Yep. The last arc started great, and each issue got progressively worse. Yep, unfortunately. So, but this, when I, again, I was like, damn, that's good Captain America. Yep. The second point is, <laughs> I, really liked, I really like Daniel Acuna's art, and I don't know if you'll agree with me, but I thought it was a little bit different than his normal styles, but still that, that unique that unique Wait. thing he does where he, his, his art looks like no other art. Uh, Daniel Acuna's really on good. this now? Yeah, I will agree, I will agree with you that, that I, there are times that I enjoy Daniel Acuna, and I think you're right. It doesn't look like anything else. Anything, but I didn't see it on the cover. I opened the first page. I see the recap. I didn't. I didn't look at the credits. I don't know why. I turned the page and I literally went, "Oh, Akuna!" And I was not ready for it. And uh-huh. I, my hate and seething increased with every page to the point where, like, listen. Here's the thing. You've defined a style for this book. Yeah. Daniel Kuna is not that style. For 60. And, and although, but, but, but I, I like well, it as a change. I liked it as a different look. Sure, maybe and, for a one shot or something like this. But the thing is, is that like, and we're going to talk about the next Brubaker book as well, which is the same thing. Whereas like, honestly, like you, you, like you got Mitch Breitweiser. Just put him on it. That dream's not happening. I know. Well, I just I'm gonna keep ranting about it because All I right, think you got the, you got the master horror sitting right there. Yeah. And he's telling you. <laughs> yeah. exactly. If you can tell me what that reference is from, then, then you are our people. That's what I'm. Um, <laughs> Surprise for that. Meanwhile, I thought this was the best looking book maybe of the week. Oh, um, I just loved I loved how it looked. No, I couldn't say it. Like there were pages. Well, the where, there were pages where literally he didn't draw faces. He didn't draw faces. He just he does draw faces. No, he didn't. Look open. at the look at the page where they're in Avengers Tower and they're around the table and the 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 fourth panel down. Steve Steve Rogers in the forefront. Tony Stark's next to him, and at the end of the table is Hawkeye and and Mockingbird. Well, show me where those faces are. I don't know what page you're looking at. Right, exactly. No, I don't know what page. They're way in the background. They're, so they're, they're, he's indicating faces. They're, that's there's faces uh, everywhere, but. It's fine because because Butch Geis is coming is doing the next issue. So I, but the thing is, I almost say, give me Butch Geis over over the knee jerk reaction of this. You know, what I, I, mean? lo- I loved how this looked. That I is a that. weird thing to stick in the middle of a thing that's really a very one cohesive story. Yeah, but I didn't the, read it. The story but. was great. The story was fantastic. I mean, I was like, I was like, ooh, this is gonna be good. It just I couldn't, yeah, couldn't stand Akuna. How many so, times have you thought that through Daredevil right. and Captain America? But then then I pick up then I pick up Secret Avengers coming off of the last issue, which was the. T- giving the hope upon hopes that fantastic revealing of the Nick Fury twin or the clone that's out there, the LMD. That's uh, the, the LMD. yeah, crazy LMD with the, yeah, crazy LMD with the amazing art. And then we open up this, and not only is Diodato back, but it's fucking Iron Fist again, Sang Shang Chi, and all this like mystic. And I was like, oh, way to completely pull me out of this now. Like, uh, 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 that's oh, because this, 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 this is my favorite issue of the series. Oh, I thought uh, the last other issue. Other than, last other than issue the last favorite. issue, which, yeah. which is sort of a, on its own, you know, out of, it's not, you know, it's sort of special. This is sort of my favorite issue of the non-Lark drawn issue. Well, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just, it's just that I don't quite understand what the direction is. And and the thing is, that I'm not, I'm compared to the, the like, again, it's like, I, I felt as if we get tastes of what the art should be on this book, and then they put another artist on who I don't want, and it's a, per, and it's a preference thing, and Josh, you're right, it's a personal preference thing, but like, I'm not loving Diodato on this, 
Right, well, he's and the artist. I mean, you had you, Lark and them were just, that was just a special one shot. I don't. I mean, Diodato's the guy. He's done every other issue. He's so well, that, that, that's five right, six issues. That's just. That, I don't think that, he was the right choice from the beginning. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. I, I don't either, and I, I, I don't, I don't hate it. I can right. look beyond it because I like this the concept. I like the team a lot. So right. for me, it, the art is tolerable. Yeah, if it was not, Lark, not, if it was, if it was Lark and Aja, this would be the best book in the stand. Well, yeah, it would be ama- it would yeah. be amazing, and Jesus. and even and even if it was Lark and Aja, I would I wouldn't be as critical of the fact that it opens up on Shang Chi, and we've got the the what the the what is the Prince of Orphans, which actually is didn't amazing. we all like that? I did. When it was Iron Fist, uh, I did early. I liked uh, it longer I, than anybody. I, can't I don't know. But I, 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 I enjoyed those. I, I, they were, this was they were actually doing what they were supposed to. This was a secret Avengers team that was doing uh, undercover Black Ops missions in in, in secret. But um, I don't feel like this is Black Ops. This isn't this is this isn't what I expected. They're I sneaking guess. around in prints and and, and and parachuting and going through tunnels. I and mean, they're not out in the open like the Avengers are at all. Yeah, I know. But I'd I'd, ra- I'd rather have it be more with like a Hydra, Nick, the, like the the whole the glimpse, and maybe that's the bigger story. But. Do. But like it's totally the bigger story. Yeah, I know, but I'd well, I'd rather have that story. You so. could not buy it. I did like the I did like the fact that uh, Steve in his bedroom has a framed poster of him and Captain America and Bucky saying "Buy bonds," which I thought was funny. Say "Buy war bonds." Though. Buy war bonds. Was, yeah, that, exactly. that, some reason bugged me because it would say "war bonds." <laughs> Whatever. The third book he had come out was the first issue of Incognito: Bad Influences. I did not get the variant cover. Despite I, actually, want, I wanted to, but I was like, I'm not, I can't pay extra for a variant. Well, cover, actually, that, I, I went into my. I've never gone into my store looking for. It. I'm like, did you get the variant? And he's just like, <laughs> and, he, and James just shook his head. He's like, no, I didn't. And I was like, shit. Like, I actually considered like paying the money to buy the variant. Like, it was like it was like six bucks at the shop. Yeah, well, no, and and, like, and my store doesn't mark it up, but it's like only one person gets it or whatever. But right. he didn't get any, and I was like, oh shit. So yeah, yeah. I like this a lot. I like this better than than almost any of the issues from the last. I think it got way more. It, this it's way more interesting now. It was really interesting, and yeah. I I found it was kind of funny. Yeah, like it was definitely like. I, I mean, I always do this, but you can kind of see like that. I'm stuck in this sort of thing that I don't want to be in, and it's my job. And it, you know, when you talk about like he's a guy who does who is a superhero now and doesn't want to be and doesn't care about it. How yep. many comic book writers do you think that describes? <laughs> Because Not that's the one the only, to cover, that's for sure. <laughs> that's the only way that you can get by in the industry yeah. is yeah. to do this thing. And it, it just, I don't know, had a really like fun sort of sighing vibe to it. You know, yep. you know but it was interesting. The story about the old man was not what I thought it was going to be. It was, it was cool. Um, I like. I love the. I love the throwback to the history and Lazarus and all. Like I yeah. think. The, the, I mean, it came up with some. I mean, I agree with you that it's almost more. I found this. Yeah, more interesting already out of the gate than the first series. Sure. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I love the little chapter, the old man's problem, where you know, like it got very. You know, like it. it I felt. It, it, I felt more of the pulpy vibe than in the first one. You know, the, I was trying to figure out while I was reading it, like when they show him sleeping with the girl. I was like, this feels so familiar. And then just now, I was like, all right, sleeper. It's sleeper, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it is, and I, I, it's whatever. That's fine. The, the I, sequence, the sequence I, of him find. Wait, one more thing. The sequence of him finding the bomb. Yep. Uh, the next page was just, like the the way they went from the one panel to the explosion to him jumping out was a wonderful sequence. Just yep. great storytelling. Really, yeah. No, the art was good. I, I, I when I started this issue first, I couldn't recall a single thing about the, the last minute. <laughs> that's how that's how little it, it impacted yeah. me. My brain. I recall barely who he was. The first half of the book, I was like, "Oh God, I'm going to drop this. This is, this is not at all interesting." But then by the side, by the end of the issue, I was really into it. So well, that was a real that was a real roller coaster for you, wasn't it? Yeah. It was. <laughs> I actually stopped reading halfway through when did something else because I was like, "This is really boring. I'm going to go do something else." And then mm. I came back to it, finished it. 
Yeah. I believe that Holden, I mean Zach, lives yeah. uh, lives in the the Empire State Building. I'm yeah, not sure. That, that he was at her apartment. So yeah. In the Empire State Building. Yeah. Nobody lives there. First, awful place to live. <laughs> I mean, you don't want that. I like how they drew her with a lot of junk in the trunk. <laughs> you notice that? He does that with all his women. Go to the Empire State pa- Building page and then and then go back one page. Yeah. And then look at the first panel. Yeah. Well, hello. <laughs> So I was like, "Geez, I think I think he's he's probably going a little faster through these because I don't think there's an upfront page." Rate. And that's that's totally speculation, but yeah. it felt a little looser than I'm used to. It's it's Sean. definitely looser, not as as detailed as his normal work. It was all right. He's, he's pretty, pretty good. I, I still love Sean Phillips. He's one of my favorites in the industry. Oh, that's I just actually, I just saw the panel. Wow, yeah, that's actually that. why I bought this. Was like I was like the, junk the, the worst. Gonna, yeah, because <laughs> he likes asses. Yeah, well, oh, you're British. you're the ass man, aren't you? <laughs> yes, I am. I am the ass man. That was a side shoulder. Um, yeah. Ron, have we still not convinced you to buy Action Comics? No, I'm not, I'm not doing Superman. I'm, I'm, I'm ir- irrational, not buying Superman. This cover not in this book, Superman. Yeah. So Superman family, I'm out. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't have it. I can't really go after you because I can't do it with X Men. So yeah, see, I mean, I, I'm, although I've read things, yeah, you know? I've read things. I thought I couldn't do it with Hulk. I was wrong. Well, yeah, well, there you go. But that's not a whole. It's a whole thing. If I get action comics, then I have to get Superman and like. Oh, you don't. No, I feel. I feel like I have to. It's not. I know it's. It's not you. It's me. I know that. But I'm just saying. God, I just. I want to. I want to throw my headphones down and leave. Why? I. <laughs> it's just. Oh, you just. Oh. What? You don't have. To, oh, it's fine. Go ahead. I'm, um, I'm definitely. Is- I, I definitely am an exercise in tolerance for you, Josh. Aren't I? Yeah, yeah, you are. There you go. You've made me a better man over time. Just wait till he gets the hardcover for Christmas. Um, <laughs> that's because that's how we do it. We force each other to read things. Uh, in this issue, so, so passive aggressive. I know. Lex Luthor, is, <laughs> Lex Luthor is dead. He runs into death from from the Sandman. Man, Bob oh. Harris already tearing down the walls. <laughs> Swamp things next. <laughs> I don't. I don't doubt it. Actually, but so I thought this was really interesting. In, in this issue, uh, Lex says dealing with the fact that he's died. And he's not too happy about it. And then that death is a teenage girl, and he can't manipulate her, and he can't bargain with her, and he can't buy her off, and he can't do anything that all the things he does in real life, he's got no power now in the in the, in the world of the dead. And then at the end, it's he snaps back into life because there's some bigger plan that involves him only getting a glimpse of life. But we don't know what it is yet. I thought it was really fun. I thought the this is very much a character piece. It was basically yeah. eighty percent of it was two characters talking. It was very much like a play. I don't want this to sound like it's going to sound, but I'm going to say it. I thought that it was really – I guess I was reading. I was like, this is a really, really wonderful exploration of whatever Paul Cornell's idea of Lex Luthor is. Um, but at the end of it, I was kind of like – you know, like it, nothing, nothing happened. Like it didn't really seem like it advanced the further plot. Now I've – it probably will in some way. But it was a little bit like – like it's kind of like, oh, it's like a dream sequence. Except I guess it wasn't because he wasn't really dead. I don't know. But besides that, on its own, is an issue. Like I thought that the the conversation that they had, the and the actually even the characterization of death was pretty damn spot on uh, from Neil Gaiman's stuff. But I, I really thought that the Luther stuff was interesting, and I I noticed him going through the stages before they'd sort of pointed it out. I was like, oh, look at you with your little trick. <laughs> uh, it was fun, but it was it was it was interesting. I I don't know what to make of it yet. I think it's one of those things that time will tell if this actually. Has, yeah, I think it's part of, kind of it's part of the long game. I think this is this is setting up some subtle stuff for later, assuming we get there. Yeah. Further though, I, I the I really like the plot of the Jimmy Olsen story. Wait, wait. I mean, like people were over the moon for the last part, but this one where they actually d- revealed what the what the plot was, and mm-hmm. it's kind of it was kind of funny, uh, 
and, and, and interesting. Like uh, aliens come to Earth because they want to throw a big party, and they think that Earth would be the awesomest venue for that party. And so we say, <laughs> and, uh, we say, oh yeah, that'd be great. But it turns out they party very hard. Okay. O- oxygen makes them drunk because they have different. They're used to different yeah. atmospheres. Is it, so is, it, is it Andrew WK's race of aliens? Or <laughs> yes, <laughs> they look yes. like uh, they look like night elves actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. Exactly. Party party. party. Jimmy's cute. And if if I drunk. if I had any credit, there were a lot of words. Yeah, there were. there were a lot of words. This was the first half of it, so there's sort of a lot of explanation. But um, there's like one page here. I was like, oh, that's that's a lot of words. But uh, it's fast paced. It's fun. It's talky. It's a good. It was good. It was fun. That that our oxygen drunk thing was really brilliant. Brilliant. That That's that. Hey, how about the Mid Ohio Con? Uh, the Mid Ohio Con is coming to Columbus, Ohio, November sixth and seventh, the Greater Columbus Convention Center. David Finch and Adam Hughes are your guests of honor. Other guests include Kurt Music, Ethan Van Skyver, Frank Cho, Tony Moore, Sean McKeever, many, many more. Uh, the Midwest is a, a gathering place for many comic creators. It's a good lineup. It is. It is. Uh, there, there's a great area called the Creators Common where creators can be sh- are showing off their comics. In addition to everything there, there are a ton of exhibitors, and so you can do all your comic shopping, get get those those back issues you've been looking for, maybe maybe some discounted trades. Uh, November sixth and seventh, the Mid Ohio Con in Columbus. You go to midohiocon.com to order your tickets in advance, uh, and for all the other information on the show, probably like parking stuff like. If that. you see Kurt Busick asking about shock rockets, yeah, damn, who's excited? We all are. We all are. Yeah, totally. Did you see? Did you see the pictures of the of the book itself? Yes. Yeah. Looks and gorgeous. If you, if IDW somebody, does really good books. They do. Like production wise. If, if you're having somebody reprint your book, you want Scott Dumbier behind that project. That's what I've decided. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Uh, Scott Dumbier behind the books. Ethan Van Skyver behind the piano. <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> but that's some crazy. That's some crazy shit, by the way. <laughs> Superman seven oh four. I didn't think it would be possible to make me miss JMS. <laughs> Oh, oh, I wow. Who is this? But I did. Uh, J. Willow Wilson, the writer G. of Up. G. G. Willow Wilson. Air. Up is uh, a Pixar. Yeah, Air. <laughs> air, uh, Air. Up in the Air was a George Clooney movie. <laughs> Up was the Pixar uh, movie. Air. Wait, was George Clooney in this? Air was no. canceled. Um, this was a side book because JMS has fallen behind schedule three issues in. Surprise, surprise. Did she, did she stick with the road trip or the, the cane? Yes, in this issue, Lois really? Lane goes the head of Superman to her hometown, which is expecting Superman shortly. And so she has all kinds of memories. She runs into her ex-boyfriend and his family, and then she thinks about her life. And Wait, how, how are they expecting Superman shortly? Has he published his walking agenda? or <laughs> He's got some sort of... They know um, he's on Route 25, and so he's going to show up. He has, <laughs> he has a Twitter account. It's called, it's at the real Superman. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go here next. <laughs> Almost to Rushmark, types. Indiana. That's where they go. Man, he's typing on his little phone. And like, <laughs> he goes, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, wait. Damn these fingers! Yeah, cracked another one. Fat fingers. Hashtag pickup game. Oh God, Superman tweeting. It was. There was a lot of Twitter mentions in comics this week, by the way. A lot, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so you can tell what a comics writer's obsessed with. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. The latest thing. But basically, it was really just Wonder, not Wonder Woman, <laughs> Lois Lane wandering around, you read uh, this? doubting her life. Oh, great! And, uh, and so, you're trying to get me to read Superman. Not doing a good job. No, oh, he was no. trying to get you to read Action Comics. Action Comics. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. I couldn't believe it. I was done with it. I went, "Wow! I wish JMS had written that because it would be more fun." <laughs> wow! Uh, I have something really good to say, but oh, it's about a Vertigo book. 
we no, we talked about. I think I put this in my light week two weeks ago because coming out every two weeks. Um, Hellblazer City of Demons by uh, Cy Spencer and Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy was originally the reason to come to this because he if you artist read, on Joe the Barbarian. Yeah, but that ain't coming out right now. And, no. and so I was very excited to read that because it's coming out. And uh, also, uh, this is like a like a. It's not. I don't know if it's out of continuity, but it's sort of not the current thing that's going on in Hellblazer. Just a little side story. Um, the first issue was pretty good. This one was really good. I mean, this What's was like there's like a virus that that John is sort of patient zero for, and every time he comes in contact with somebody, they gonorrhea become, they become incredibly self destructive. So like mm. like there's like a, they they show like a, a test animal and it's it's chewed its own legs off or something like that. So there's this he passes by, oh, just, then, that's one little story. He, he passes by this couple in the hospital and they just sort of walk by him and then you cut to them going to her parents' house two days later and you're like well what what is this and and he goes and and he's like he's uh, complain he's arguing to his wife that it was he was like it was just a joke and she says I'd rather stick hot pins in my eyes and have dinner with your parents and she's like that's not funny and they're so they're sort of bickering and then they have to sit through dinner with her annoying parents, and then he sort of shows this symptom of having the, the virus goes in the other room and heats up a bunch of pins and shoves them in his eyes, and he goes, this is far worse than talking to your parents, and it's just, it's, it was just really great sequence, and it was a bunch of little moments like that, little vignette stories, um, this really great thing with an artist, this is, this was, it was wonderful, so if you were thinking about picking up the miniseries, at least keep it on your radar for when the trade comes out, beautiful too. Uh, another one to keep on your radar for a trade, uh, Dynamo 5, Sins of the Father, issue 5 came out, and so the trade probably is going to be coming out very shortly. Last issue of this little miniseries, and it just ended really strongly, um, almost in, invincibly in, in its vibe, in that the, 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 the big uh, conflict with the villain was ended with one character punching through their faces, like very bloody. But, um, <laughs> but I was very happy to read in the back that there's going to be another mini, uh, Dynamo 5 miniseries in 2011, so uh, definitely pick up Dynamo 5 when the trade comes out, support it, because it's one of my favorite comics. I want to see, see it keep coming out i feel like with avengers versus the pet avengers number one we got the wool or not the wool the rug pulled out from under us because there's no avengers i know that was my only the thing was is that i really really enjoyed it and then i sat down i'm like we didn't even see i'm like we we get captain america thor and iron man but they're they've been turned into frogs like throg and i thought it was funny that bucky captain america as a frog has a cyber arm which i thought was kind of funny (laughs) but i was like oh the the avengers aren't in this (laughs) but that said i really really enjoyed the the uh, interaction between the pet Avengers. I thought this was the the I was laughing multiple times um, yes. at some of the back and forth. Like Eliopoulos really has these characters down in their interactions, and he's doing a, a great job on it. So, and if I was somebody who was to make fun of a guy like that, I would say it's pretty funny that there's a man somewhere and he's he's making up conversations that little super pets have with each other. <laughs> but I wouldn't do that. Wouldn't do that. Thunderbolts no. one forty nine. I thought I was reading through it. I thought, yeah, this is pretty good. This is not you know maybe. Maybe not the best one so far. And then we get to the end, and I was like, oh. What, when Crossbones got his power? When Crossbones got his power, and then yeah. he killed the cop they were all meant to save. Yeah, exactly. Blamed it on the ninjas. Yep. <laughs> but Ghost saw him. I love, I love the character work in this. There's yeah. just so much stuff going on, and every single character in the group is interesting. Yep. And they're, they're do- it's that vibe from the old Thunderbolts where it's wavering on, like, you're like, well, geez, maybe Ghost wants to go straight a little bit. Or maybe, yeah. like, like, like um, Juggernaut is a little bit kind of trying to do the right thing yeah uh but crossbones is not yeah uh, <laughs> yeah this I, is really a, this is really a platform for crossbones to shine it's really uh-huh. yeah. well because it's just for a little while you're like wow they're kind they're kind of making me like crossbones yeah 
And then, and then I, it's like it's, he was aware of it. He's stringing me along, and then he was like, "Remember, he's a dick." Yeah. Uh, well, he lot. was he was flamethrowering everything in sight throughout the entire <laughs> show. They were on dead ninjas. Yeah, and he's calling how? them bad words. How? And then, but I mean, I could see I could see that that's that's the way you have to write a villain that's a protagonist. You got to kind of make him, you know, uh, like, unclear. But when he shot when he shot the guy with his power, I was, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. But the fact that he had a power, I thought, was just like, oh, that's so nice to bring that little bit back. That was yeah. really good plotting. Yeah, very good. And I mentioned that these uh, these hoodies, the Captain America Punisher hoodies, terrifying. Oh, yeah, totally. I keep thinking they're Millennium Falcons. They just look. <laughs> I like, looked at it quickly, like, and I was like, I was like, oh, is that a Millennium Falcon? And I'm like, oh no, that's awful. That's, uh, if you're a drug dealer, these are the Marvel <laughs> hoodies for you. That's <laughs> <laughs> what the kids like. They should be an Ultimate Spider-Man. Anyway, so uh, those are the books we enjoyed. iFanboy.com/slash/comics list all the comics that come out every week. You can do your pull list and come back and rate and review them. We got a couple of reviews to share with you. Uh, Evangelion number eleven reviewed uh, Teen Titans number eighty-eight. Gave the story a four out of five and the art a five out of five. And this is the first issue of Nicola Scott on art and JT Cruel, superstar comic writer, um, on pe- on writing. And at the time of recording, about seven percent of you made it your pick of the week. And Evangelion eleven says this book was pure fun. Cruel has a great grasp of these characters, and Nicola Scott's art is perfect for the Teen Titans. This issue sets up the new status quo for the Titans, establishing interpersonal relationships between the core group and a new villain for the first arc. Cruel gives the team a new feel, making them appear more battle-tested and confident while retaining the teenage insecurities of their characters. This is really good. Was it good? Yeah. Really? Wow. I've been talking to somebody... (laughs) He said it in his low, sexy voice. Yeah, this is really good. It was... The Titans is such a damaged brand of DC, but it's such a powerful one because there's so many Titans fans from the 80s and when it was super popular and yep. people want to like the Titans. And I think if you are one of those lapsed Titans fans like I have been for years, <laughs> lapsed Titans fans. jump on 88. <laughs> this is fantastic. We inter- at the end of the issue, Damien joins the team. You know, that's going to be interesting. Oh, cool. The that's only criticism idea. I'd have would be, I don't know that Kroll's got Damien's voice down just yet, but maybe it'll get there. But uh, the art is gorgeous, and everyone else, he writes really well. So it's going to be really fun, I think, to, to have this mix of characters, and, and it's going to look fantastic. It's, it was a really, really good issue. It was one of the best Teen Titans books I've probably read in years. Wow, that's great. That's good. And also, before the, the, the anime people speak up, it's Evangelion. I don't know why I know that now, but Evangelion. Now, Evangelion. Well, those ads two years ago. You got, you got you got cruel right though, so yeah. that was good. Yeah, that was nice. Not uh, a dead cat to be seen. No, no, not a dead cat. That's good. It's, I'm, I, I'm not. I'm not interested. CKL <laughs> uh, uh, another team, the Justice Society of America, number forty-four, gives it a four out of five for the story and a four out of five for the art, and the pick of the week percentage is a three point seven. So some people very much liked it. So far, ho hum. It's Collins' art that lifts this above the crowd. Most of the book is done in a painterly style that's been in evidence on the Frontiers pieces. Front Front pieces. Front pieces. Front pieces of the DC Legacy series, and it is especially good at representing the more mature heroes of the JSA. But for sequences where Jay Garrick's flash is in action, Collins reverts to his much looser kinetic style. It's an interesting juxtaposition, and I'm hoping for more in the future. There are enough subplots to keep this series ticking along for a while, making making this issue a good jump on point. Uh, this is the new creative team of Mark Guggenheim and Scott Collins, as the as CKL mentioned, which is strange because he called it ho hum, but gave both things a four to five. Yeah, well, I noticed yeah. that. Yeah, um, <laughs> Collins has this, this this new painterly style, which I don't love. I don't like it. I don't love, it, but it's not as bad here. But he's right when he when he does draw Jay Garrick doing his Flash business, he draws it like he used to draw the Flash. Which I was like, why don't you just do the whole issue like that? It, 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 when he draws like the, the the Final Crisis Rogues Revenge book, like when yes. he draws in that style, it's so sweet. And when he does that's, this, that's when he does the Flash scenes in this. But the yeah. rest of it's pain. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. I understand why. I mean, it does it does make it seem like he's moving faster than the rest because he's so he's so sketchy. But 
it's I can get over that. The story's actually really fun. Well, the interesting thing here is is uh, he paralyzes Alan Scott right right really? off the bat. Yeah, wow. he gets they fight this new villain who's really really tough and and um, paralyzes him. He's from the neck down. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. But well, if you got a power this, ring, meh. It's true. So this this has felt very back to basics. JSA. There was no there was no forty five members. There was no rift between two teams. There was no Magog. It was just the sort of core members and and, and, a, and a really tough villain to fight and, and some consequences. So it was really good. I thought. Good. Well, uh, it's, it's it's a good. It seems like a good week for jumping on for two like classic DC teams. Yeah. So yeah. So if give you want, I'll give it a little bit. See what happens. Teen Titans, Justice Society, America fans. If you want to come back, jump on now. Now's the time to get back on monthly. So. Yeah. 88 and 44. Yep. That's half of the other one. Go to DCBS. They sponsor the show, but also it's a good place to get sh- comics if you don't have a good shop around you. Uh, you can get your stuff mail-ordered. Monthly specials up to 75% off, 40% off all major publishers, flat rate shipping of five ninety five on all U.S. orders. You buy anything in previews, and there are over 9,000 paperbacks in stock. Again, order them all at once. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Track your orders online. Go to dcbservice.com. All 9,000 at once? <laughs> one, one, somebody on one of those all, shipping pallets. Like, yeah, <laughs> somebody orders all of them, then we are going to come up with something special for you. Yes, absolutely. I don't, yeah. I don't know what. Uh, <laughs> I want the UPS truck to pull up and be like, all of it. It's gonna be like one of those. It's, it's not gonna like be one of those brown trucks. It's gonna be one of the gray, like eighteen wheeler trucks. That would yeah, be awesome, so. like it looks kind of old. Yeah. Has, yeah. DCBService.com, uh, right? Yes. All right. And if you want to review books and stuff, go to uh, ifanboycom slash comics and uh, you can rate and review everything, and we'll yes. maybe read your stuff here. Cool. So on to the email. Our first email comes from Ben from Austin, Texas, who says, "I've been reading comics for four years now, and there's one trend that stuck out to me when it comes to comic book fans. Uh-oh. It's the trend you know of it's the trend oh. of quote unquote. I hate what this writer is doing to my favorite character, but because I'm a fan of the character." I won't drop the book. So my question is this. Is character loyalty a good enough reason for a reader to enjoy a comic even though they hate how the characters are being written or drawn? Just want to hear your thoughts. Keep up the good work on the show. Oh, I'm going to go over here on the moral high ground. You two have fun. <laughs> well, I actually have shocking news related to this. Uh-oh. You dropped Uncanny <laughs> X-Men. No, 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 no. I was actually just talking Drop to someone. No, Moon Knight hasn't even launched yet. <laughs> uh, I dropped, I dropped Green Arrow. Oh, wow. Yep. After when when would when did Kevin Smith relaunch it? Nineteen eighty four. Then after twenty seven, eight, nine years. No, it was it was nineteen ninety. Like was it ninety nine, two thousand? Ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah. So ten years of reading Green Lantern ended this week. Green Arrow. Green Arrow ended this yeah. week. So there you go. I th- I mean, look, there's there's all kinds of reasons to read a book, and and they're all and you know if if you're a person who really likes the X Men. You're going to want to well, read about him, even if you hate it. I, I certainly read my fair share of really bad Batman books. I mean, it goes, Larry it, Hama it, and Scott McDaniel in the Orca story. It, it, goes back yeah. to, it goes back to what we said, is that is, is, and we could probably you know, explain it, you know, is what Josh is, what Connor is, what I am, but it's like, if you go back with the baseball metaphor, and Josh, I apologize, and, um, you know, do you root for the jersey or do you root for the player? You know, and for you know, for whatever reason, even when it comes to baseball, I root for the jersey, I root for the Mets, and I root for whatever players are on that on on that team. And there's hasn't been a baseball player that I have followed off once he's left the Mets. Um, you know, so it, in to take that metaphor even to comics, I read the X Men books. I read Uncanny X Men, no matter who's writing it, no matter who's drawing it, much to my chagrin. Is that uh, the only one? Um, like, are there any others that you have? Flash. To he was doing Flash. Flash and no, no, I, I'm sorry. I mean, in the in the X Men universe. 
Oh, meaning like does that, like I know there's always uncanny, but I don't know what the other book is now. Is it X Men or X Men Legacy? Yes, I still buy it, although it's been rough. Mike, I, I love my carry, but this story arc's been rough. We, um, uh, no, I, I buy them all. I mean, X Factor, X Men Legacy, X Force. Yeah. I celebrate their whole catalog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the metaphor is not exactly. I mean, because you will you will also read stuff based on creators. Sure, you know, I'll read stuff that a creator is doing. Just you know, just like I'll watch a game where a player is play an interesting yeah. player is, but like I, the very yes, but but. But when it comes to the, it's not it's not the only thing that I I'm not going to push the metaphor all the way down the throat. I but, love his swing. Um, but, it's like music in a field. <laughs> but um, you know, but the the, the thing is, is that there are books, you know, X, Uncanny X Men, The Flash. It was Green Arrow. Now that's over because J T. Cruel ruined it. Uh, I think that that book was dead long before that relaunch. Yeah, no, that that book was dead. That was book. Judd Winnick killed that book. Um, by leaving, yeah, no, by with the the Green Arrow, Black Canary. <laughs> yeah, but remember how good the first chunk of him was, and that oh, wasn't just because so of Cliff good. Chang. That was that was genuinely good. But yeah. then it. Well, we, we know we know the point we're across, and it's just not pretty. <laughs> just the- <laughs> no, but I think I think for me, I mean, I think for me and for for Ron, it's this is a very very small group of books that I will continue to read because I like the characters, but the rest of them I'll drop yeah. without yeah. without a doubt. I mean, pretty much it's only the main Batman books that I'll continue to read, just like Ron with their X-Men books. But I'll drop everything. Everything else is fair game to drop for me. Yeah, yeah. Because if I don't like what the character's doing or, or saying, then I'm not going to enjoy it, and I'll stop buying it. Right. For the, uh, you the ultimately, book, you should enjoy these books that you're buying and reading. That's the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the only book that I haven't dropped since I started reading comics again, like 12, 13 years ago, has been Hellblazer. Yeah. But, but Wasn't there I, a period I, you didn't like? I remember there being a period there you didn't was, like. But, right, but it, like, I was, it was a new writer, and she was only on for like an arc or two. And so I was like, well, let's read this. And then I was kind of not liking it, but then she was gone, and Andy Diggle came on. Like, it's been, I wrote a piece about this, but it's been fantastic all the time, so I haven't really had to make that choice. But everything else I've gotten rid of. I've just that's dropped, that's like, the I, same thing, just in, in yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. I dropped, I dropped Captain America. I mean, that to me... Like when it's like that one person, one run, you know, like it, it would take a lot for me to drop something like Fables or something like that. Right. It would have to be bad for quite a few issues. Yeah. Um, but that's that's one one person. If a different writer came on, then I don't care. So that's what we think. You might be different. Teach their own. Just enjoy the comics. That's all. Um, and if you have any questions, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com. And we got some voicemail. Our, verse, our voicemail comes from, I was got a question about another character. Hi, I fanboy. This is Jackie from Queens, New York. On a previous podcast, you guys were discussing um, Darwin Cook's The New Frontier. And during this discussion, Josh and Connor both agreed that Jeff John doesn't get Al Jordan. My question is, with Blackest Night over and over 50-plus issues of Green Lantern under his belt, do you two still believe that Jeff John still doesn't get Green Lantern? Or Al Jordan in particular? If this is true, well, yeah. This is horrible. Well, thanks, guys. Keep it a good work. That was a long time ago, Jackie. Long uh, time ago. <laughs> Four years ago. You're right. We we did we did uh, say that because I really I you know Rebirth was was pretty good and okay, but then that first story that first arc chunk of issues of Green Lantern I didn't think was that good. No, remember uh-huh. we said we said at the time we we were like with the whole cowgirl and it was like post uh, Akuna. Uh, no, no, it wasn't even Kuna. I forget. Who yeah, the Kuna was drawing it. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah, but we're just like, ooh, they've got to get the. I was going to drop it. I'm like around I issue seven. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, I came back in when they did the the um, Sinestro Core special. I think. Yep. A uh, lot of writers learn. I mean, that's they're humans. They Bendis used to not be able to write Wolverine. Now, now I can. I mean, it's yeah. just it just. You know, after four years of writing the character, he got him, and and they, you know that's what happened. And they 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 get him, but they also turn it into the thing for them that works for them. 
like it, sometimes it, it does take a little while. And it, that's the thing. It, th- things can change. You know, pe- people will say to us all the time, well, you guys said that. Well, yeah, but that was years ago. You yeah. know, like, like things change. People get better. Your tastes change. Your, you know, the, the things that, I, I mean, I'm, I have a much different perspective on the kind of like art that I like now yeah. than I did even a few years ago. Um, appreciate whole different things. So constantly yeah. evolving. Yes, exactly. He, yeah, but I mean, but yeah, he knows how to write Hal Jordan. I, I should think at this <laughs> point, he's got it. All right, our last voicemail's got a question about writers. Hey guys, this is Tom from uh, Tennessee. I had a question: Which writer is the funniest or best at comedy or satire since Steve Gerber has been gone? This is brought up. Who who basically would be the person you would say is the Steve Gerber of this era? Who is the funniest writer going right now? Or sat- we said satire too, so that's well yeah. different things. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Steve Gerber that was like his thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Although he did other stuff. Hard Time was one of the last things that he did that wasn't really funny at all. It was actually a really good story. Yeah. But he's known for that doing that one thing. I, I don't know if there's a guy of that sort of stature now that's, that's that. But there are guys who could do it if that's what they made their thing. First name I thought of was Evan Dorkin. Now, he's not a huge name, but like he does comedy and satire in comics when he does comics. Well, yeah, the, the problem is when he does comics, yeah, and he's great right, at right. it. I mean, like, if you go back to, we were talking about that, that CBLDF uh, story that he did, the milk and cheese story, it was great. Oh, oh, work. Yeah. Uh, the, the, but there are other guys who can do it. You know, I mean, it, it's lame, but you know, Alan, Moore, a lot of his Alan stuff. Moore was great at it yeah. when he did. Who was, Jason Aaron did something at one point and he was really funny. It was in one of those, like, anthology things that we, we read. I don't remember what it was. The, the problem is that there's not a lot of room for satire in comics, at least in mainstream superhero. Like, it's, you know, like where Steve Gerber was doing Howard Duck, you know, kind of under the radar. You know, like, it's you really want to look more in terms of the, the indie underground alternative stuff for the, the, that would, the skating that would, satire stuff. But that's not That would you know. never sell now. Right. Yeah, exactly. I exactly. Mean, yeah. At all. Um, one of the other. Warren Ellis is actually really good. I was going to say Warren Ellis, actually. Yeah. I mean, if you read Judd Winnick is really funny. Um, yeah. Judd Winnick's really funny. Yeah, but he doesn't get to do it in his mainstream books because he has to do mainstream books. And I, and I uh, still I still say I mean we go back but I think Bendis is naturally funny. Yeah, no, absolutely, yes, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He's not satirical, but he's funny. He's not satirical because at least in terms of like Marvel comics, he's not making fun of those things. Garth Ennis is actually yep. really very funny in that way. He did like a whole series called Tales of the Rifle Brigade, which is like a satire of old war comics and things yeah. like that. And a lot of the preacher was was a, a lot of that too. Yep. Zeb um, Wells is funny. Yeah, yeah. But there's, there's not like there's a, a lot of guys, guy. but there's no the humor books are different than books that have humor in them. And there are no so, comics coming out where they're like, oh, it's so scathing. I can't believe he did that. You know, like I haven't that hasn't Bill, I haven't read that in a while. Bill Willingham actually, you know, in you know what Bill Willingham in in, in Jack of Fables and Fables uh, yeah. with Matthew Sturgis is there's a lot of satire in there too. Yeah. Uh, it's a storytelling base. It's not really about comics, but that's. Right. God, you know what? Jack of Fables is probably pretty close. You liked it so, like, you liked that book so much. You bought two of them. I did buy two of them. Yeah. This anyway. Week, so. All right. Cool. So if you have any questions, call us at, on our voicemail line at one eight eight fanboys. It's one eight eight three two six two six nine seven. We worked can, our way up to an answer. That's yes. where we got. <laughs> How can you help iFanboy? Well, there are lots of ways. And if you like the show, we appreciate the help. It's what keeps us going. It's keeps us alive these, these many years. There wouldn't be an iFanboy without you guys. We appreciate it. The easiest way is to click on the banners on the website. Go to iFanboy.com. There are banners along the top and along the side. Click on those. Check out the products. They're fine products. Check them out. Try, try the products. Try, product. try our products. iFanboy.com slash Amazon. You can find the Powered by Amazon button. You click through that to Amazon proper, and you can buy anything you want, and we get a little tiny piece of that that doesn't come to any charge to you. It comes from Amazon. So we really appreciate that. It's even better if you make that your, your bookmark link, which is what I do and what lots of people tell me they do. and makes it easier, but it really helps us out a lot. 
We also sell t-shirts. The Fear Agent shirt is almost gone, and there's a few left, but check those out. You can get them at fanboy.com slash store. It's the only official Fear Agent t-shirt available. And with Fear Agent wrapping up. It's wrapping drawn up by soon. Jerome Pena. Drawn by Jerome Pena. And the book's wrapping up soon, so you want to you have your Fear Agent t-shirt before it's, before it's irrelevant. Yes. And finally, the best way to be a, help us out is to become a member. <laughs> Rick's not listening, so it's fine. Before, before <laughs> a member, $4 a month or $42 a year is the lower level, or $100 a year or $10 a month is the higher level. You get your prize pack, stickers, buttons, and a comic from our collection. And the higher level, people get a T-shirt. That's the best way to be, help us out at fanboy.com. We really appreciate it. Awesome. Is, is Ron not in Rick's basement right now? I am not. I broke free. I, just, I thought that you were just <laughs> naked. He's podcasting the on the room. run from the bog. Listen, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> He'll <laughs> <laughs> go fetal. Ugh. Plop. Hey, uh, giving away stuff. That's what we do, right? To people who are members. That's we, why it's we very have good been in the past three freaking months. I hope you all enjoy this. Well, I can't wait for that red post to come down. Man, uh, I, went, I did. I went to the I went to the post office the other day with about six boxes of stuff. Jeez, uh-huh. it was fun. Did you, send, did you send the big box yet? No, I haven't sent the big box yet. You get UPS, UPS freight for that one. I'm going to have to take it to UPS. Yeah, it's not going to the post office. You'd have to get a, a freight company. Come, <laughs> anyway. Come down your street with a semi. This is the Walking Dead giveaway, which is apropos because, as you may or may not know, a show that is not sponsoring us is starting up this week. It's That's sun- all you get. This Sunday night. It's on tonight. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you do this on Sunday, you're probably watching the show. <laughs> Don't do it at the same time. You'll lose. Yeah. yeah it won't work. Uh, What's Connor? What's in the Walking Dead giveaway? I think it's good. There's a signed hardcover. A signed hardcover by Kirkman. By Robert Kirkman. And then there's there's a whole mess of random Walking Dead issues from the. You don't have to list them out. It's most. It'll get you almost. It's the last. It's the. It's from the last year or so. So there's there's a bunch from in the 70s and 60s. um, Bunch of issues. So it's it's a big old Walking Dead stack of books. So the winner is. Joey from Friends. No, I'm sorry. It's Adam LeBlanc. <laughs> I'm sure he never gets I'm, that. I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. What is this, his brother? So Adam <laughs> LeBlanc won the Walking Dead giveaway. He did that by becoming an iFanboy member. You're eligible for our sporadic giveaways by becoming a member. Only members are eligible, usually. Yep. So, so, become so, a member. Sorry. so stay tuned for more giveaways. Um, they'll be coming soon, but we hope you've enjoyed this wonderful three-month giveaway stuff. We also do other podcasts. In fact, we've got another podcast uh, called iFanboy Don't Miss, which comes out every Monday where we talk to a creator about a book that's coming out this coming week. And this week, our buddy Chris Neesman's talking to one of our favorite creators, Jeff Lemire, about the upcoming Superboy number one. Is it number one? Yes. Yes, it's number one. Superboy number one. Uh, Jeff Lemire is writing and sadly not drawing. But um, So you definitely want to tune in for that. Jeff's awesome, and it's going to be cool to hear what he has to say about Superboy. So go to iTunes, search for iFanboy, subscribe to Don't Miss. You can get it on iFanboy.com as well. Um, it's on a separate feed, so you got to subscribe to it. And it's totally it's only 15 minutes. It's perfect. Perfect for your commute. And if you're, if you're on this feed, uh, you will have probably noticed that a Booksplode episode came out. The rare and vaunted Booksplode where uh, I talked about uh, – Next wave with uh, our writers Jim Marskowski and Ryan Haupt. Cool. Uh, for quite a while. Did you punch him? I, was I, it I, kicking I, and punching? It was exploding. Oh, cool. Exploding. Yeah. Finally, this is if you listen to this on the day it comes out, it's Halloween, or if you listen to it the week, it's just been Halloween. So send us your Halloween pictures every year. We put up our post of Halloween pictures, and people love it. It's one of our most popular features every year. It's fun to see everybody's creativity and all the stuff they go out, go out. And so send us in your pictures. Send them to connor.ifanboy.com with subject line costume. Your deadline is November 3rd, which is Wednesday at 11 p.m. Eastern time. So do that. Uh, send it in. We want to put everybody's up there as much as we can. Thank you very much. Also, put your name and if you're on iFanboy, your little iFanboy name so we know who to credit in the photos. Thank you. 
And hope everybody had a safe and fun Halloween. And um, when you're recovering from Halloween, go to ifanboy.com where you can read my Pick of the Week review um, as well as all the other great articles and posts. We Last week was awesome on the site. It was fun Walking Dead Halloween-themed stuff. Um, more to come this week. Uh, so go to ifanboy.com, read it all there. You can go to ifanboy.com slash about to get all the links to connect with us social networkly-wise. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash ifanboy. You also have a video show which comes out every Wednesday. Last week was uh, New York comic-con part three uh the, the last part of the 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 epic robert kirkman finale which was <laughs> a high watermark for, for <laughs> or low one or low one i think for me it was low <laughs> i gotta admit i've probably watched it maybe three or four times since it's come out and i just laugh it's just it's yeah. very funny it's very yeah. funny um and it was fun to do uh this coming week uh we're gonna be going back in time and taking a look at the the classic first what, 104 issues of fantastic four uh, the the early run Stan and Jack on Fantastic Four. So uh, really excited to have everybody talk about those books again because they were amazing. So check that out. comes out on Wednesday, ifanboy.com. You must make electronic contact with us. You can do so at contact at ifanboy.com or you can leave a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. You heard the, the voicemails early in the show. Those are a model of how to get on the show. Keep it short. Have a good question. Say who you are. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, so do that. I ran out of things to say there. Did you just okay. yada, yada, yada at the end of the show? <laughs> I think you did. That means we can stop. I'm Josh. <laughs> Leave us a review on iTunes for this show, for the Don't Miss show, for any of the shows we do, for the video show as well. It really helps people find the show if they're looking for podcasts. That's a search. More reviews help them find it. Really appreciate it. It takes you no time at all, and we really are thankful for your listening and your time. Awesome. All right. Well, Connor, it's good to have you back. Thank you. Please don't go again. I missed you. All right. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> you asked nicely, so fine. All right. Uh, <laughs> I just realized we're coming up. We're coming up on our uh, our five year podcasting anniversary, like in a week or two. Oh shit! Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to look, in, look into that date. Anyway, so that's something to look forward to, folks. So until next time, I'm Ron. <laughs> I'm Connor. I'm just, you know, Gail Simone is another satirical writer. Yeah. Okay, there. That's all I have. Dumb Josh. I mean, no one's gonna eat your eyes. We're at an impasse here. Maybe we should compromise. You open up the door. We'll all come inside and eat your brains. You say dumb Josh? (laughs) Yes, I said said dumb Josh. Dumb Josh! (laughs) It works. You know what? It plays that way. That's fine. <laughs>